Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast. Hey guys, cheers to us. Am I right? Cheers to us. Let me just take a little, mmm, a little sip of tea there. And you know that I was a little sip because that cup's very hot. So it's just wee sippies. Okay, it was just wee sippies and that's it. But throughout this podcast, we're going to drink a cup of tea. We might drink two, we might drink three. Okay, some guys might be in isolation that long that they're just having straight up pints of tea on draft. And that's what we like to see. This is a real fun episode of the podcast this week. How do I know? Because some of it has already happened. I'm just going to introduce an interview that I did with Eamon Holmes. Eamon Holmes, I grew up known as the GMTV presenter. I knew he was from he was from Belfast. That was about it. Then, as time has gone on, I've seen him on so many different things. Being a presenter, panel shows, a news anchor, radio host, you name it. He's done it and done a damn good job of, of doing those things. So, I did a Mike McGoldrick video, one of my alter ego Alter ego, easy for me to say. Alter ego characters. I was actually playing a new character there who doesn't know how to speak and I actually just nailed it, so shut up. But Eamon did a Mike McGoldrick video with me about five years ago. I sent him a message on Twitter, asked him would he do it. He was like, yes, I'd love to. He arrived to do the video and it became clear that he had not seen the character before. And it was just through his kids that he had an association with a character. So we chat about that because... I always meant to ask him about that. Like, did he had he seen any of the videos beforehand? And he more than more than answers that question. But just a complete gentleman, as you'll see over the course of this interview, gave up his time for me to do this. And um and and yeah, and he just he's very insightful, funny, and and just I, I think extremely charming. He's an engaging speaker. And yeah, we did talk a lot of, about a lot of silly things as you'd expect on this podcast. But also, we kind of get into it as well about his career, the advice that he would have, I guess, for somebody like me. And I found that really, really interesting. A lot of what, what he was saying, he tells me about, you know, sort of new celebrities, if you want to call it that, coming on the TV and how he, he deals with them. And there's a very, very funny story. You might have seen I posted the clip on social media uh, about uh, a celebrity not sitting on the sofa when he interviewed them. We we cover loads of things and, and, you know, we talk about Northern Ireland as well. So many different things. He's funny. He's, he's a lovely, lovely man. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Before we throw into it, let me just say that we're on Patreon. So, you know, the Tea With Me episodes by now come out in lockdown on a Wednesday and Friday. We might just keep it going as that when this is all over, but Wednesday and Friday, but every Monday you get access to a secret podcast on Patreon and loads more stuff as well if you sign up. There's different tiers of, of membership, so you can check that out on patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon.com slash podcast. Also, if you would like to do me a big favour, you could go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast with a real sweet review. I would really, really enjoy that. Uh, and if you have time to do it, great. We're going to launch into the episode. Oh, by the way, we all have time to do it, so don't be lying and being like, made them flat out. Nobody's flat out. We're going to launch into this episode of the Tea With Me podcast. I really think you're going to enjoy it. And thank you very much for all the episodes you've listened to before. Or if you're a, a new listener, where the hell have you been? This is the Tea With Me episode with Eamon Holmes. 
let's get into it. Eamon, first of yeah. all, let me say thanks for thanks for agreeing to do the podcast. I appreciate it. It's tea with me, so I've got to, I've got to find out your tea background first of all. Yes. Are you an avid tea drinker? What's what's the situation there? Not an avid tea drinker. Um, I do like a bit of Earl Grey Sheen. And uh, and then I realise sometimes it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit fragrant a bit what's the word um, it's like flowers sometimes and I think well you just can't have that with a bacon sandwich so no you need no. just you know a, a tetley or something I don't like strong tea I don't like dark tea but I don't like it too weak either I do have to have sugar in it and, how many um, but I'm not oh, two, at least two at least two, at least two. <laughs> upwards yeah. of what are we chatting like? so, sometimes two and a bit okay. Or four sweeteners. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing you're doing long filament days a lot of the time as well, so I think uh-huh. that can be forgiven because you're you know you're on the go, you're, you're you're working big hours. See the on the Earl Grey thing. I mean, that's that's maybe a controversial subject on the podcast yes. because yes. there's been a lot of Earl Grey hate. Um, did you ever did you drink Earl tea before you left home? Because I feel like it's not really no. socially acceptable. No. In Northern Ireland, was that? I, I, I would agree with you. I'd agree with you. Um, I don't think it's socially acceptable in Northern Ireland. Um, my mother's not a tea drinker at all. Uh, yeah, and and in fact, I don't drink coffee. So, and I, I'm not a sort of person. You know, you, you turn on Coronation Street, and they say, "Oh, I'm gasping for a cuppa." Yeah, I've never been gasping for a cuppa in my life. Uh, so, no, I, I don't have that urge for tea. But no. um, I, quite, I quite like a tea. What I can't do, and it's a very Nor- Northern Irish thing, this. If someone says to me, you have a cup of tea, I'd have to say, what are we having with it? I couldn't drink a cup of tea on its own. Oh, which is, right, okay. Yes, you see, so I've got biscuits and all sorts of things like that. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't just drink tea on what's its your, own. What's your preferred weapon of choice with the tea? A, a custard cream. Well, do you know what? That's mad because, spoiler alert, but one of the questions... We get sort of highbrow question questions from listeners here. One of which was ask Eamon what biscuit he likes to accompany yeah. a tea, and this person correctly predicted that you look like a custard cream kind of guy. Yeah, custard cream. But I'll tell you, it's even nicer than a custard cream, and you rarely get them. It's an orange cream, right? Definitely retro. I remember them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. an orange cream. I do like a mint yo-yo. Ooh, as well yeah yeah I could, I could have that with it but i'm not a sort of person that would take like a plain rich tea biscuit or a digestive biscuit that has to have chocolate on it or something like that right kit kat's mm-hmm. quite nice twix twix is nice with a cup of tea twix and a cup of tea a lot of people see i i i don't do weird things with food like i know a lot of people when, when it comes to a twix will just eat the chocolate layer off the top then the biscuit I don't really have much time for that but i guess each to the, each to their own that, that sort of verges on a perversion Yes, yeah, I would say no. That's that's a bit weird. A bit weird. No, no, no. Yeah, well, what's your what's your what's your lockdown situation? What's what what way are you working at at the minute? Well, I'm not working. Basically, I say that I'm not working. Everything in the diary Same. is out cancelled. There's nothing there, which is why you and me are talking, Shane. Yes, I'm <laughs> going to be talking for the next nine hours. We're going to be talking for the next. Nine hours. <laughs> but. Um, no, I've got. We've got this morning once a week. If things stay the way they are, we've got uh, the, uh, a week of this morning for the Easter week, the week prior to Easter. Now, the interesting thing about that is that uh, the engineers have come to our house and wired our house up with cameras in the next room, so be that careful. they they intend <laughs> be careful. They they intend 
to keep this morning on air. So if we have to broadcast from home, we have to, we, we can, we're in a position where we can broadcast from home. But outside this morning, there's absolutely nothing there in the diary, everything gone, wiped out. If you were broadcasting this morning from home, would you just go like John and you'll go with it and just, just stay in bed? No, I would not. No, you, no. Would bed you, for you, bed. Yeah. You're not going to see pictures of me in bed. The other thing you don't see me doing in bed is eating. I, do, I couldn't. Someone said, do you want a cup of tea and a biscuit in bed? No, I wouldn't want a cup of tea. But I don't want toast in bed. I don't want to eat a fry in bed. I don't want to do that in bed. I know what bed's for, and it's not for eating. So I mean, I'm not an thing, eater. I can understand someone who just goes and picks up a snack. Personally, I don't, but takes it to bed. But the idea of going down, making a fry, you're up anyway. You yes, know? you're up anyway. Why are you bringing it back to bed for? Why are you bringing a fry back to bed? I know. I agree. I know nope. is I mean you, like are you able to still like broadcast stuff from the house how would you do you feel weird about doing that sort of thing in the house because I know you sort of needs must at the minute but like I've I've sort of turned my spare room here into a bit of a studio and I, I was doing a lot of work from home and then I got a studio a couple of years ago and definitely going out of the house to work is a lot easier sometimes when you're in, in your own house you're just too comfortable to work no, but I think, Shane, I think things will change. Um, I was saying to Ruth last week, um, when they were rigging those cameras up in the other room, I, I said to her, you know, TV companies going to look at costs, and if their viewing figures don't fall, which they haven't, um, they will cut all the costs um, of transporting people in and out of studios and whatever. And no sooner had I said it than an email dropped asking us to pilot a program for ITV which would involve coming from our house with other people from their houses. And I said, see, that's the way it's going to go. And that is the way it's going to go. But you're speaking from a perspective of living in Northern Ireland, whereby you can be anywhere with anybody in 10 minutes. Here, for me to get into London, two hours. You know, oh, okay. it's gasted two hours in, two hours out in the car. Um, hideous. So that motivation for me would be I could see three to four hours a day just by working from home. Um, you know, when I, you know, when I was doing talk radio uh, four days a week, that's, that was 90, what was that? Nine, three hours, three hours in and out. So that's a commute you don't be wanting to do. So your motivation, if someone says to you, do you fancy doing this from home? You're saying, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, I'm building some sort of space. It's so easy. Like I just have, I have a, this is a box room. I've got a green screen and I don't really need anything else. You know, yeah. to try to put out a video a day, sketch a day, and uh, and it's great. I mean, you, you're obviously limited. I'm limited on what sort of sketches I can film here, but in a way, since we've gone into this lockdown, I've never I've never been more productive. You know, just because you, you've got no other options. You're not going to, you know, my working week sometimes involves a lot of, let's meet up for a tea and a chat, and it's not many uh, hours of, you know, actually, actually doing stuff. So not that this is a good situation, but for productivity for me, it's been, it's brilliant. Been yeah. yeah. And, agree, and, yeah. and yeah, I think a lot more things will happen from the house. Like we did, I do a show on Radio Ulster on Friday nights and we did the show this week. I broadcast from my room from this, this yeah. sort of office I'm in now. And the difference wasn't massive. You know, it's no, not like... like there, are, there are times when it is really worthwhile to go into an office, to mix in a work environment, uh, to meet other people. You know, that's, that's great sociability. There's times when it's a pain in the backside when somebody wants you, for instance, meetings. 
I, I live in a world where everybody wants a blooming meeting. And you sit and, and, and I come out, if I come out of another meeting and I say, what the feck was that all about? What a complete, that, that, there's two hours of my life I'm never going to get back again. And it is absolutely scandalous. I mean, I, I sit on the board of, and this is one of the productive meetings, though. Um, I sit on the board of the Manchester United Foundation, which is the charity arm of the, the club. And, um, and I've done so for 12 years now. And I used to have to go to Manchester for a meeting that would last two hours or so and then back down again. So a whole day, so it's like four hours up, four hours down, plus the two-hour meeting. And we can now go into London where they have this video wall at United and you can oh, wow. sit there and it's even better than this. It's as if you're just sitting in the same room as people. It's absolutely incredible. Um, whereas I'm now going to say, well, why do I have to even go into London? Why can't we do it like this? And you Zoom or you Skype or FaceTime or whatever it happens to be. So I do think there's certain things that are going to change and we're and it's better for the environment. It's a better productivity of your time. I mean, since all of this has been happening, um, I, I've never been lighter. I've had time. I've had time to walk the dog. I've had time to exercise. I've had time to sit in the sun. Look at me. You can hardly see me. Look at the color. I am. Same color as that carpet. Um, you know. So just having time, my friend, is is incredible. And once you give that to people, it's very hard to hand that back. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like stand-up comedy is is the main thing I do. It'll be interesting to see how that's how that's affected. I mean, the dream is I'm just doing gigs from my kitchen. You know, that's 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 a dream. Yeah. We get an audience. You know, I'm some sort of hologram. I don't even need to be there. Um, that's a dream. But I mean, it's it's weird with being a stand-up comedian because, of course, you want as many people in a confined yes. space as possible. So I don't know when that's all due to get back. Well, I did a thing. I did a thing called Zoom. So, so we were on Zoom at the minute, yeah, and yeah. and uh, one of my lads said to me, "Oh, Dad, you should try um, House Party. Uh, have you heard of this app called no, House Party?" No. So apparently, so oh, go away! His bloody phone doesn't stop. So I just turn this off. Do you also get this thing that it's funny when everybody sends you these funny uh, COVID or coronavirus videos, and then the same video comes to you 17 times from different people, and then it doesn't become funny anymore. That's what's sort of going on there. Um, yep. But uh, I was talking about um, this house party app, and so you, you join this app, this house party, and you can have you know 50 people on the screen or 100 people or whatever. And the first person, once you let people know you're on it, people apply to be your house party friend. Or and the first one was Brendan O'Carroll. From um, as in Brown. Mrs. Brown, I thought oh, that's good. That's nice. He he's in my and I saw he's in my contacts. Even forgot he was in my contacts. There he is. Boom, 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 boom. And then I have all these other names pop up. Don't know any of them. Never heard of any of them. So it appears that anybody who's in. So if you and I want to do this, and I say I'll have a bit of Sheen and whatever, maybe a couple of other people. But whoever's in your contact book can join it. Whoever's in my contact book can join it. So you're in that awful situation where people who maybe you haven't spoken to for 15 years say, just thought I'd take this opportunity, you know, of getting in touch. And you think, well, there was probably a reason we haven't spoken yeah, to yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, so, that's enjoyable. I mean, when you start with yourself and Brendan O'Carroll, I mean, it, it, it becomes a big, t I'd like to see who, you know, how that party ends up with, with a lot more people. Do you, yeah. do you have like, do you have many friends that are in the same industry as yourself in terms of, you know, you were like Brendan O'Carroll's in the contact list. Do you, are, are you friendly with other presenters? What's your social circle or are you friends with people who just 
Well, I tell you, the answer is the answer is yes. Um, but the downside of all that is again this living in London business where you've got you know within the M25 or so. It's a vast area. So if you say uh, I'm going to pop down and see Rylan Clark, for instance, he's a very good friend. Well, that's that's 90 minutes getting to Rylan on a Saturday night. You, you're in this house and then 90 minutes home again. And it's the same for anybody, wherever they live. So people tend not to bother. There's lots of people Ruth and I are friendly with. Ruth is very unshow busy. I just am friendly. We're not show busy people, but we we have not what you would think the the sort of Premier League type uh, people on on TV. We're we're more the sort of you know Conference League type people. We we <laughs> keep in touch with all them, and, and we're very very friendly. There's a load of people, load of people who. Um, I could spend my day just texting people and, and, and things, and um, I'm, I'm more sociable than than Ruth would be on that front. She's very uh, nonplussed by it all, but I just am interested in the business, and people are often asking you advice and whatever. So that's that's quite good. So we we have we have quite a lot of people, you know, like Ruth's best friend is Lucy Alexander, who you would know from Homes Under the Hammer. Oh yeah and, yeah, and and the carpet ride adverts and things like that, and I mean when I say friend, I mean good friends because she lives nearby, so right. she's in our house all the time. We're in her house, you know. Rylan, a tremendous friend, and um, Rylan's just moved into a big house, but he was Rylan's house was. Um, we went to visit him one night, and he invited us down to the house, and uh, it took ages getting there. And we got there. And you're thinking, well, what sort of house does he live in? So and, I mean, this. I'm very, very, I'm very keen to know what sort of house Ryan lives in because I'm picturing a lot of like water features. I'm thinking there's maybe chandeliers. I, I, I have a, vi- I have a, a vision bling, of it a in my head. Bling, bit of bling, you're yes. thinking. So yes. you go down the, you come off the, the motorway and you start going through these areas. And Ruth's going, well, he couldn't live here. He couldn't live here. And you go to an area that's a bit like. Um, Glen Gormley in the 1950s or 60s. So it's just full of bungalows, right? Yeah. And Ruth said, well, I'm sure he doesn't live in a bungalow. So you go along the street and then there's a bungalow that becomes like a compound, which has a massive white wall around it and light shining up on the, the house. And it's got an extension on the roof of the bungalow. And you realize this is his house. This is his house. And it's got blue lights and things shining on the front of the house. So you go inside, but it is a bungalow. It's a bungalow that has been transformed. Like a, it was. A bungalow fortress? Yes, a bungalow fortress. That's exactly right. And um, so, so you go inside, and as you would imagine, you're absolutely right. He's got. Um, it's a bit like Doctor Who's TARDIS. You go inside, and it's um, memorabilia of Big Brother. So he's got Big Brother chairs in there, Big Brother light switches, Big Brother. There's all sorts of Big Brother type things. Yeah. Um, lovely house, and um, uh, him and his him and his husband share that house, and it's um, very nice. But however. He did pack up a few months ago and he's bought a new one and it's much bigger, uh, I believe, with grounds around it and things. But he's doing incredibly well. My God, he's doing so well. Um, but we haven't been able to get down to see him yet. But, but I think um, he, he's a lovely fellow. Yeah, he, he, just, he just has that natural likability where you sort of watch him and go, he, he's, not, he's not playing a character here. He's just a thousand percent being himself. And, well, and genuine, genuine. You know, I, he's, a, he's a genuine guy. I think, I think that's... Um, you know, I wouldn't say you, you and Ryland have similar presenting styles, but but I would no. say that that's that's very similar with you in terms of 
when when I watch you present and like when I watch you right now and when we which I want to talk to you about in a little bit whenever we did that video years ago in Hollywood yeah. that sketch <laughs> there there's there's no difference is that something you're you were conscious of when you started presenting that you just wanted to be as as like yourself as as possible because you know you can from doing like a tiny bit of presenting whenever I was younger, I always found myself like putting on what you would call a presenter's voice. I was trying to be something I wasn't. Did you always try and not do that or what? Tried to watch the best and forget the rest. And, and I still watch everybody. I could mark homework. If you give name me a presenter in Northern Ireland, Frank I would, I would watch them and I could mark their homework. And I, I would be a very good coach. I'd be a very good producer. Uh, from that point of view, because nobody helps anybody else. No one actually says to people, you're enthusiastic, you're a good journalist, but actually you're crap on air. And it never ceases to amaze me when I switch on the television, particularly during this coronavirus crisis. And so many people are getting their chances on news stations all around the country. And you think, so that's the best presenter you have. Is that the best you can do? And and it never ceases to amaze me. And I, and I always think to myself, I thought, how did I get on? How did I actually make it in this business? And the reason I, I made it was that so many, too many people aren't very good. That's the whole problem. And if you're half good at all, if you do watch the best, forget the rest and model yourself on the, on the best people, I think you have a pretty good chance of getting through there. But the amount of people who are not coached and not told and who can't present Basically, I have this thing. If you have someone whose eyes are like this and they're watching and they're presenting a program and they go, good evening and welcome to the program. Well, I'd sack them straight away, right? (laughs) Basically, if you look too keen to be there, you shouldn't be there. That's basically, you don't want to get on an airplane, do you, Shane? You don't want to get on an airplane and the pilot says, good afternoon, everybody. Well, I'm delighted to be here and I'm thrilled to bits. We're going to be flying to Ibiza. Um, It's going to be a flight time of, uh, we think, more or less, uh, three hours, 20 minutes. And we really do hope we're going to get you there. It's going to be enjoyable. I'm so, no, you want somebody to be who does the DES line. Hello there. How are you doing? Yes. Uh, Three hours, 20 minutes. That's what it's going to take to get to Ibiza. Strap in. Uh, enjoy the ride. Here we go. That's what you want. You so want somebody. Pres- you want the pilot who sounds like he do- he doesn't need to be doing this. You know, he, he he's not arsed. You want a pilot who's not arsed. So my philosophy, and not everybody agrees with it, is that that's exactly what you want your TV presenter to be. That's that's my genuine view, rightly like- or wrongly. No, I li- I like that view a lot. And I want to ask you about maybe whenever you were starting presenting or or just in general. I've pitched some awful programs in my time where I've come up with an idea when, whenever I was a bit younger and enthusiastic and you don't really think about it. You're like, wouldn't this be a great idea? Did you ever pitch anything yourself back in the day that you now look back on and go, thank God nobody greenlit that? No, because most ideas are, are quite good. Most ideas are workable depending on who presents them. Um, and you can look at the most ordinary formats on TV, the most ordinary formats. And you would say, well, if I pitch that, people would say no to that. But if somebody else pitches it and their mate's a commissioner or whatever, then you're in, you're through the door. So it doesn't matter what you want to do, Shane, really at the end of the day, it's what they want to do. So, you know, when the, when the commissioners say, yeah, that's a great idea, it's because that's what they want to do. It's not that there's anything particularly wrong with, with your idea. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there was there, there was there was quite a lot wrong with a lot of these ideas. 
Um, Go on, pitch it to me. Pitch something to me. All right. What about, I mean, I'm thinking we have like a cross-community dating show in Northern Ireland. Um, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like blind date, but we use the peace wall. You yes. know, I'd like I'd like the peace wall to, to 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 sort of come up like a garage door at the uh-huh. end of it. Um, so uh-huh. we're basically it's a dating show, but we're we're promoting cross community um, relations. Different. Yes, yes, and they weren't keen on that for some reason, but I'm, not like, keen. I'm gonna fund it myself. Sippers, forgive me for interrupting the podcast for 30 seconds. We're going to do a charity appeal very quickly on on every podcast, uh, just because there's no sponsors kind of around at the minute. So this is this week's. It's for the Northern Ireland Hospice. Times are a bit different at the moment. Our once bustling city is now quiet and desolate. Uh, and most people are working from home but people that can't work from home include the incredible frontline staff at the Northern Ireland Hospice and Children's Hospice who are working tirelessly to care for local people who need it most. The impact of COVID-19 has been devastating for the Northern Ireland Hospice. A lot of their fundraising events have been cancelled. That's why uh, we're asking for your support. Northern Ireland Hospice need your donations now more than ever. Please donate what you can today at nihospice.org slash donate or text nihospice to seven zero. Double six zero. That's nihospice.org slash donate or text nihospice, all one word, nihospice, the seven zero double six zero. Cheers. Back to the pod. Yeah, I mean, I've got loads of loads of questions yeah. from from listeners to the podcast. Um, and we'll get through some of them if that's okay. So there's a great response whenever I said we were having you having you on the podcast and questions yep phil mcsee says can i ask what eamon's memories are of having the rock on gmtv about 15 years ago he was surprisingly sassy towards the people's champ all in good fun though i'm sure so do you remember interviewing the rest of the rock and uh was it was there a bit of a ding dong between you rock as in as in the film star the wrestler yes, boy yes um he, he's a very approachable fellow he, he's a very he's one of these guys um you have this problem often with Americans. They're surrounded by their people, and that's a nightmare. Uh, one of them, uh, two of them, came in recently, and they they said, uh, "We can't." Seconds before going on air, we can't sit. On, I can't sit on that couch. I can't sit on that couch. I said, "Why can't you sit on that couch?" I can't name this person. I'll be everyone. I can't can't sit on that couch. And I said, "Why?" And they said, "They said her her people said." because she's allergic to certain fabrics. And the producers are all going, oh, no one told us there was a sofa on this program, right? No one told us there was a sofa. And I'm rolling, and, and I just have that Ulster, just, just fucking sordid attitude, yeah. which is, I woke up and said, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? And like, honestly, there's seconds to go on air. And they went, well, Miss So-and-So can't sit on this couch because she's got allergies to various fabrics and no one told us there'd be a couch. So I'm immediately thinking, well, she had to sit on something. What did she think they were going to sit on? And I said, okay, okay, okay. I said, what are you allergic to? And she said, I am allergic to everything except linen. I said, oh, thank God. It's your lucky day. And she said, why, why, why is this? And I said, because that couch is pure linen. I have these allergies myself. I have, I said, and that is flown in from Northern Ireland, pure Ulster linen. That's it. I said, so it's so lucky. That is where I'm from. And you've got the same sort of situation. Come and sit down. I don't know what the couch was made of. Not that she didn't walk away itching or anything else. 
you know, but they're so woke. Some of them are so woke and it's a She's an intensive thing. care now. Oh, she, she, she was all right. She walked out again. And then another guy came in and he said, um, he said, he said, um, I'm a representative for plastics in the ocean. I'm a crusader for plastics in the ocean. So there can't be any plastic in my dressing room. And the producers are going, you know, the TV's plastic, the door handles are, I mean, goodness knows what's plastic. I said, just lie. And they go, oh, you can't lie, you can't lie. And I went, hello. I went over and I said, Did it? see, that's a plastic free dressing room. And he, looked, he started looking at some things and I said, oh, yeah, but you see, all of that is all stuff that we, we have, which is biodegradable. Matter of fact, we can't even wash the stuff in here because if we do, it melts, you know. And they go, right, right. Because they're all woke, but they're all stupid as well. Yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah. But um, people like um, the, the Rock, lovely, lovely guy and um, very nice. And there are people like Tom Hanks, um, Pierce Brosnan, um, uh, Robin Williams, God rest his soul, lovely, lovely fella, nowheres and graces. There are a lot of people who you're really surprised at how ordinary they are. And um, the guy that plays um, Frazier, Kelsey Grammer, yeah. what a lovely guy. Um, and, and so there's, there's lots of people who you're really surprised, but it's the ones who are starting out and on their way up who have their people and they're surrounded by their people. Yes. And I reckon there's quite a lot of this goes with Meghan Markle as well. I think she's got that entourage from Hollywood and, you know, you have that saying, what Meghan wants, Meghan gets. And I'd say probably a lot of that emanates from her people. I mean, that that's something I found in, in just a small dose in, in interviewing sort of well-known people and celebrities is that almost the higher the profile of the person, the more down to earth they are. Like you say, yeah. it's people that are coming up or people that maybe just don't have that profile that, that compensate with like an attitude or, or entitlement. But you actually find people that, that yeah. are bona fide stars. You see, have- they, they, they think maybe to be a star, this is the way they have to act. But the thing about stardom, it's the most it's the most ordinary concept because basically it equates to this: whether you're a move, whether you're on, in movies, whether in television, whether in soaps, whether you're a comedian, whatever. What it is, Shane, it's longevity. It's actually just being there for a long time, or you know, being on telly every day or whatever it happens to be. That's when people accept you. It's it's a marathon, not a not a sprint. It's not about winning one race or one gold medal or being on the front cover of something for one year or two years, or whatever. It's been able to look back at somebody's career and say, they did that for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. That's when you become ingrained in the psyche of people. And that's what they all should be aiming at. Not peaking, but just sort of staying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, way more questions. Uh yeah, Stevie, Stevie Henning says about the video, uh, asking him about the video we did together. So my one of my alter egos, Mike McGoldrick, I interviewed you in Ned's Bar in Hollywood. Yes, yes. Do, do I get the impression that did did one of your sons maybe know the character and, and get you to do it? Is that the way it came yes. about? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, whenever, whenever you arrived to do it, I didn't think of explaining the character or anything to you because I was like, listen, Eamon's obviously a big fan. <laughs> so, so i was chatting to you just like this before we were recording you know nice to meet you and yeah, yeah, we were yeah. talking a little bit about hollywood and the bar neds that we were recording in. and then we said action and i just obviously turned into this you know north down socialite and i could see in your eyes during it you were going why is he talking like this now yeah. <laughs> but, but we do all know people like that you mean you, you know uh, mcgoldrick yeah. mike mcgoldrick's based on people who we all know and we can identify with and that's the beauty of the the character that you actually had and, and i'll tell you something else shane 
when you work and are friendly with Keith Lemon, uh, you know, you, you sit there and you go, is he in character? Is he not in character? And so you don't get any more crazy than that. I mean, he and he is, yeah. he's another lovely man. He's filthy, but he's a lovely man. Well, you can, I mean, you can tell that, although, yeah, he's very eccentric, you can tell that he must be very, very popular because so many people like yourself and like the regular guests that go on it, you know, you're, you're putting a lot of faith in him, I guess, on that show yes. to, to take the piss, but know where the line is, I guess. He takes the piss, you're absolutely right. But you know what, he's not, he's not nasty, he's not horrible. There's no horribleness about him. As I said, he's absolutely filthy, but he's, he leaves you aghast, he leaves you speechless. But he's, um, but, but, you know, and my, my approach with him is to tell him he's filthy and he should be taken off TV and all that sort of thing. Um, but he's, he's a very nice man. There's a kindness about his humor, which is, which is good. I think as well, you're, you know, if, if you are like in his position and doing that sort of comedy, as long as the joke is always on, on yourself. So he makes the joke a lot of time on himself. You know, he brings yes. it back to himself. He makes himself look, you know, look like the fool uh, very tactically. So I think that that's great. Um, Lawrence Doherty says, um, if Eamon Holmes has a boxing match with MC Hammer, can we call it Holmes under the hammer? You could, um, yeah, you yeah. could. Uh, Matter of fact, they should have the big travesty in TV is they should have put me on that show. Why am I not on that show? Holmes under the hammer. Yes, it makes and and you and MC Hammer, you know, sort of co-host. I mean, I need the I need the work at the moment as well. Yeah, you've got the uh, yeah. I mean, you'd have to be doing it virtually as well. So maybe I don't know if it would work. Uh, You know, you you couldn't go to the homes. Dan, Dan Murphy has a little bit of a, a gripe here. He says, does, does Eamon remember recording an episode of Songs of Praise at his old school St. Malachy's? I do. If, if so, why did he lie to us kids who came in to film it when he said he'd give us a shout out in GMTV the next day? We watched it. He didn't. A lot of unhappy St. Mac lads. Is that right? Well, I did St. Malachy's twice, actually. And uh, no, I didn't. I did it once in Songs of Praise. You're right. It was a different program was it the second time. Um, I don't know, running orders. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at remembering people um, and, and, and doing things like that. Or maybe he wasn't there for the full three hours of the show. I don't know. Maybe he got up late. Maybe I did it at 10 past six and he wasn't out of bed. Um, but the other thing is, it is amazing. I think it's a peculiarly Northern Ireland thing. People who've been brought up on downtown radio, keep it country or yeah. uh, Radio Ulster, you know, all that sort of thing. And they can say, Loving the show. Please, could you give a shout out to my wife, Mary, and our four <laughs> children who um, are all brilliant and super and fantastic and da 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 and whatever, whatever. And people in Northern Ireland think that this is what TV programs are there for. I think community is very, very important, but they actually don't get that so much in England. They don't get it. There's not, there's not a lot, lot of that happens. Matter of fact, TV is becoming more and more impersonal. So they wouldn't, they, they rarely give people surnames anymore. So, so it's like, this is Shane from Ireland. They wouldn't say, yes. this is yep. Shane Todd from Hollywood, or this is Shane Todd from Belfast or Northern Ireland or whatever. It'll just make it Ireland. So you could be from Killarney. You could be from Donegal. You could be, you know. Yes. So I, so the show I do in Radio Ulster is called The Shane Todd Show. And normally we do eclectic music and features and a bit of chat. But last week we just decided to have a big rave and play like 90s dance music. And <laughs> we've never had more interaction on the show from people wanting yes. shout outs. We never get yeah. that. And once yeah. we started doing that, it just blew up. Like I've never And had- as a broadcast that makes you feel good because you actually realize you're doing something, you're touching an audience that means something to them. 
Because Absolutely. what is the point of doing what we do if it's not relevant to people? That's what I always think. If I was listening to this, I was watching this at home, what would I think? And is this actually useful to people in some way? And you're, you're invoking all those memories of all those people who want to rediscover their youth in the, in the 90s. Can, I mean, can you now, can we build some bridges? Can you now give a shout out belatedly yeah. to Dan Murphy and the Somalikis lads? Dan Murphy and all the lads from Somalikis, whatever year you were, I think that was... I think it was early '90s. We did that. We did that uh, particular show. But Dan, uh, yeah, I, I, an absolute credit, and always lovely to be asked to go back to your old school. It took them a while. I used to be asked to come back to everybody else's old school schools I never went to, of course. But but now, um, yeah, I do anything for Somalikis, and um, they, it's it's meant a lot to me. And uh, you, you know, the, I suppose the person I am today is because I went to that school. So. Um, to all the guys at St. Max. Nice. A bit of applause as well. Great Thank to see. You. Claire Moore says, what is he most proud of that has come out of Northern Ireland? So I guess I'll extend that a bit and ask you, in, in the last, say, decade, um, you, is there anything that, that's happened here or whether it's a TV program or, or a sports personality, is there anyone you're extremely proud to say that person or, or that thing is from where I'm from? I think in my day to day. And sorry, Eamon, don't say me or I'll be embarrassed. <laughs> Beside you, Shane. Beside you. Um, I think that in my day to -day, day work, when I always hear that, I always say to people, people don't say to me, Hi, Eamon, I'm from Inniskillen. Hi, Eamon, I'm from Mahara, whatever. They just talk and I say, Where are you from? Where are you from? And then they tell me, and then I get sort of quite irked. They haven't told me they're they're one of us, so they're they're, they're yeah, from back yeah, home. Yeah. And then, I, and and so I'm always proud of people who make it. I'm always proud that how we as a country punch above our weight immensely. You know, people who lead orchestras, people who are head of engineering at various places, people who've built Britain, people who people who you don't hear about. You only hear about you know people like me and Zoe Salmon and Rory McElroy and you know or whatever. And people who, we educate people to a very high standard. I think we all have a chip on our shoulder as well, which means that we, we think we're hard done by and, and, and we're quite well driven. But there's so many places you, you, you realize this is a great thing for us to have. It's a great thing for us to have. But a lot of people from other parts of England have it much worse than us, much worse than us. And they're not as driven as us because there is she and is there not something about us that thinks we'll show them or the cards are stacked against us. Because I, I, I just think we are disproportionate. We have got people in all walks of life uh, disproportionate to our million and a half uh, population. Absolutely. And I think you, you can, because of the geography of it as well. So if you're, if you're an aspiring boxer and you see Carl Frampton yeah. doing what he's doing, yeah. that, that's a person who could potentially be brought up a mile from where you, where you were from or, or maybe it was 50 miles, you know, something like that. So there is. Yeah. Car was from um, Tigers Bay. Tigers Bay, yeah. And and I used to walk um, through Tigers Bay, or in those days, around Tigers Bay to get to school. <laughs> and, uh, and it turns out Carl is married to a girl who is the daughter of a second cousin of mine. 
Oh, wow. So, everybody, you you, so that's how small a village it is for us. Yeah. I mean, back home, there isn't six degrees of separation. It's it's three. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's three yeah. or usually one. And it's because, you know, your uncle played five aside with the person in question. Yes. Owen, Mc, Owen McMahon says, is Alan Partridge really as good a friend as he says he is? Um, no, I used to I used to like the Alan Partridge character. Um, not not so sure. No, I, I don't know. I only ever hear him saying bad things about me, but um, uh, so I don't know of the friend business. But it sort of annoys me when people think that Partridge is based on me because he's the antithesis of what I would be. We all know who he is based on. Yes, we all know yes, yes. He's absolutely. a composite of probably two other presenters. But uh, the thing is, if I say who those two other presenters are then the rest of the clickbait media will all go, oh, shock yeah, horror. Yeah, I, mean, I, I could this. do with a podcast. You used to say it. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not saying it. No, I'm I think we do. It. I think people that, that know that character well know, yeah. know, know, know exactly, exactly who you mean. But, but he's, he's well researched from the point of view that the characters do exist. The characters yes. absolutely do exist, yeah, that, that who he becomes, yeah. So a little more questions. Uh, yes. This isn't a question, but Vicky Allen just says, I love his wife. You know, not a question, more of a statement. <laughs> Vicky, you should live with her. See how much <laughs> you love her. <laughs> but that's very nice. You see, Shane, I used to be Eamon. I used to be, there's Eamon Holmes. Now I go home and I just need a sign around my neck which says, Ruth is not with me. Because as soon as I go home, the first question to me isn't, hello, Eamon, how are you? Whatever it is. Ruth not with you. Ruth not with you. That's all. So it's just that question. Ruth not with you. And you feel like saying, does it look as if Ruth said, no, she's not with me. She's not with me. And uh, no. So, uh, yeah, so I'm not Eamon and Ruth. Or probably Ruth and Eamon, really. (laughs) You Mull says, and this is a big one, honest opinion on iced tea. Iced tea. Ice, ice tea, yeah. You don't really yeah, don't, see it as much. I, I don't really see the point of it, really. I've tried it a few times, and um, I either think you have a soft drink or you have a cup of tea. I'm not really sure the iced tea business in between. I have tried it. I've tried to like it, but no, I don't know. No. This is a question from Johnny Bow who says, most famous person on your phone? Probably Alex Ferguson. Mm, um, great shout Probably, probably. Um, I'm trying to think. It's surprising sometimes you've, you've numbers in there and you you forget that they're they're there. But um, Ollie Moore's is in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, who else is in there? There's there's quite a lot of people, but you know. But I mean, I suppose in terms of fame and fame at the moment, um, Sir Alex, yeah, probably. Let's go. Let's stay on the football theme from our final question, yeah. which is from Dylan O'Neill, who says, and I'm, I'm a Man United fan as well. I don't know if you can see the scarf. Yes, there. very good. Very good. From the, I think, 93, 94 season. Yeah, but, I'm trying um, to point out. Where's all those bits I'm trying to point out? Oh, yes, uh, what's your, what's your anyway. number one bit of memorabilia in the background there? What's my number one where? Your number one bit of memorabilia in the background there. Um, well, there's some grass from the new camp uh, in Barcelona from the, from the 99 match. Um, uh, there is there's a pair not in this room, but I've got a pair of Ryan Giggs's boots. Oh, I've got quality. Eric Cantona's uh, Return of the Magnificent Seven shirt. Uh, I would have loved to have had a George Best shirt or Northern Ireland oh, shirt yeah. or something like that, you know. Um, but um, 
No, I've got that. So, so I suppose those are the those are the, the main bits. But I do have a room upstairs, and um, I saw this at uh, at the Manchester United uh, offices in London, and they have mannequins of or mannequins, you know, headless mannequins. Yeah. Uh, so they have various kits on them, and I thought that looks good. So I've got four mannequins uh, in a room I have upstairs where I watch football. And they have different kits on the different United kits uh, on them. Ruth I, thinks it's creepy and doesn't want doesn't go into the room. Sometimes I fall asleep <laughs> and wake up and I think, who's that in the corner? But um, yeah, looks, looks, that I mean, looks well. I'm I'm a huge fan of old Man United shirts. I I yeah. got about three last year, and we're talking mid to late '90s shirts. And the only yeah. thing is, that you, you, I don't wear them as much anymore. I stopped wearing football shirts day to day about three four years ago. I just thought, yeah. I just have to wear you know. No, normal type clothes now but i think this lockdown might be the perfect opportunity to just get the get the football shirts on <laughs> so my, the last question given a football related from dylan o'neill is top uh, question for you both top three man united players of all time well i would do oh that's that, that's difficult of course it's so difficult of course it's too, so difficult of all time certainly the ones that i that i have seen right i would put it like this i would say Oh, I know. I know two straight away, right? Um, it's getting the. It's getting the, the other one. Oh, such a hard question. Okay, right. Let's say I've got my three, so I'm ready for yours, and we can compare. This is very difficult because I feel like I want to have Dennis Law and Bobby Charlton in there. Um, I feel that I'm going to go for somebody more modern. And Peter Schmeichel ranks up there big time for me. Ryan Giggs ranks massively. But the, the guy who we've missed an awful lot, midfield maestro Paul Scholes, right, at number three. Yep. Um, at number two, without a doubt, without a doubt, um, the most amazing catalyst of the modern era eric cantona mm -hmm. um and a, just an absolute privilege to have watched him play and at number one whether it's with retrospect or what but you know when i was 9 10 11 12 13 whether in the united shirt or northern ireland shirt there's just george was magic magic so george best so schoolsy cantona and georgie boy at number one so my top three is totally different yeah at number three, yeah, I'm going with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, yes, of course, yeah. At number two, somebody that wouldn't be in most people's even top ten, but I just I just think he was eight nine out of ten every game. Rio Ferdinand, number two for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good considered selection there. Yeah. No, because you know defenders don't get enough credit. And you're absolutely you're like, right. Absolutely. Player of the year awards, all that kind of thing. Number one, Roy Keane for me. Yeah. No, well, can't can't argue either, mate. Can't argue. There, good selection. Good selection. Get a, get Alex Ferguson on, and we'll do we'll do house party. <laughs> good point. <laughs> hey, you, Alex Ferguson, and uh, Ollie Murs. We'll, we'll get a few cans. Isn't Fung Roy Keane a brilliant summarizer? Don't you just love watching oh. him because he's out of the box and he just says it, and he obviously has no mates in football, so he doesn't <laughs> yeah. care. Which what I enjoy great. is he makes other people not know what to say. And I yeah. always enjoy that, yeah. you know, but, yeah. but yeah. Uh, his, his punditry, whenever you get like him, Carragher, you know, and they really stir the pot with the pundits, 
yeah. you know, they know who's who's going to clash with whose opinions. And I, I think he's a great card. Sometimes you, I think he takes the trolling like maybe a little bit too far where I'm like, all right, Roy, I know you're doing this for effect. But whenever he, whenever he is just, you know, he's got those like shark eyes, you know, just the, yeah. He has no emotion in his face, and he. he just I wouldn't have wanted to have played uh, with him or under him. I don't, you know, I don't think I'd want him as my boss. But no. um, I mean, he's a brilliant, brilliant pundit, and as you say, an absolute superb player. Uh, probably, you know, when you look, if you were to do a debate about best captain Man United ever had or most influential captain. You know, it could, I mean, it's controversial, you know, whether him, Bran Robson, Bobby Charlton, whatever. But, um, but you know, Kino would take some denying, probably the best captain we've ever had. Let me, let me ask you this last thing before, before we wrap it up. What's the number one thing whenever you come back to Northern Ireland that you seek out or that you go and do? Do you have like a ritual or is, is, there, is there something you can't wait to do as soon as you get home? Yes. Uh, go around to Bennett's on the Hollywood Road and have a fry. Bennett's, a, Bennett's is a spot I only discovered last month. I went to see Riverdance right. with my mum, and we went. To we shouldn't really tell home. people about it. We shouldn't really tell people about it. Just, just go in there. You get a very good Ulster fry. Matter of fact, when Ruthie comes, that's what she wants. She just loves, loves a big fry in Bennett's. All right, we'll have to check it out for a fry. Uh, Eamon, thanks so much for uh, for doing the podcast. I really appreciate Thank it, you, my friend. Really appreciate it, and, and uh, stay safe and well. Yes, to you and everybody listening. Yep, yep. Scary same, times. Same to yourself. Scary times, and we're just going to drink a lot of tea to to get to get us through it with with two two and a half sugars. Eamon. Cheers, mate. God cheers. bless. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Bye bye. Cheers, sippers. There we have it. The Eamon Holmes episode of the Tea with Me podcast. I'm sure we'll all agree. What a guy. What a guy. Fantastic sense of humour pretty deprecating about himself as well, knowledgeable, wise, physically attractive. Okay, so that was the Eamon Holmes episode of Tea With Me. Honestly, the guests in the next couple of weeks that have kindly agreed to do the podcast are amazing. It's a real mix of people from the world of comedy, acting, sport, that kind of thing. But I'd love to hear from you if there's guests that you would like me to try and get. Because we're just we're just speaking to everybody at the minute, and I'm asking the question, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Another restraining order, possibly, but you know, I'm putting the question out there, and nobody's really said no. So let's just enjoy that while it lasts, you know, while we're able to get good guests. So if if there's a guest you'd like me to get, you can tell me on social media, or what'll be even better is we have a hotmail account, which is tea with me podcast at gmail.com. So that's not a hotmail account. Alright, and I don't know why I turned 75 years old there, but tea with me podcast at gmail.com. I think that's what it is. Oh god, damn. I, look, don't worry about it, but I think that's it. Let me know what guests you'd like to see on the podcast, and I will do my damnedest to get them on. Um, cheers to everybody who listened. I appreciate it. Tea with me is out Wednesday and Friday. Again, the Patreon is patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. That way you can support the podcast and get the bonus episode that comes out on a Monday. Producer Dan and I just did an episode all about Tiger King, which if you haven't seen it on Netflix, watch it and then listen to our podcast uh, about it. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much for listening or watching the video versions on my YouTube page, Shane Todd. I mean, what a brilliant name, but you'll find it. You know what I mean? I back you to find it. Thank you very much for listening. And guys, keep it tea. All right. Cheers.
Cheers. See you later. There we are, mate. Special effects. Now we're cooking. Cheers.